I'm a Middle Eastern, I'm, I'm Palestinian and Jordanian, and there are not a lot of women who are Palestinian and Jordanian from my culture who are in social media and who have an influence over lives. Just me being an Arab individual trying to empower more women is an awesome start and i love talking about the behind the scenes of instagram and what really goes down and when people go on instagram and they see my life they think it's perfect and i hate when people oh my god your life is so perfect you're you're so perfect when in reality i'm really not and i always like to talk about that to relate to people because like i'm no different than you That is Janelle Muganum. I'm Andrew Connect, and this is the Unpretentious Podcast. Janelle is part of many labels and categories whose stereotypes she doesn't fit. She shares what that is like and how making a living on Instagram and interacting with her followers is both real and personal and also a job of curated moments. What is her job? That's a good question to start with. I'm a full-time influencer and blogger is how I'll describe my job. Um, I work on Instagram. I pretty much promote myself and I'm a brand ambassador, so I represent a lot of clothing brands and other brands, promote their stuff on my account. I also use my account just to inspire my followers. And then I also have, have a whole other fitness account that I do as well. And that sounds awesome. It sounds like everyone would want to do that. So how did you become one of the lucky few who are able to turn this? Is this a full-time living for you? Currently, it's my full-time job. So pretty much I have two Instagram accounts. One is my personal. My username is Coco Janelle. And then I have a fitness account that I run with my sister called Fit with Sis, like fitness with sister. And I started it just using it as I used to be into modeling. So I kind of used my Instagram just as a portfolio and I kind of gained followers. One of my photos just went viral and I just grew really fast and was thrown into it. And then ever since then, I kind of used my advantage and my luck, I guess, and started posting more and started getting that momentum and started working with other companies. And that's how I started my own brand. How long of a period of time are we talking that this all occurred over? So this happened between like two years. I gained like 100,000 within a year. And that's when I was introduced to this influencer lifestyle and working with brands that I've never even like knew was a thing on Instagram. That's when I started working with Fashion Nova and kind of just learning how to advertise myself and learning the business side and the game of Instagram. What prepared you to do all this film work, video work, business work? What in your background made you ready for that? I used to edit films and create content when I was younger with my cousin. So I've always been into like filming and editing since I was little. I also, I'm a business major, so I studied business and marketing in college. I used to work for my mom's beauty store and I used to be ahead of like advertising. So I just know how to use the in online and Instagram and I know the ins and outs of Instagram and advertising. So I kind of use that as my advantage to promote myself and my brand and me and my sister's fitness company. I'm guessing when you got your business degree, did you take any social media marketing influencer type classes? I actually didn't. I only took like a hospitality class. <laughs> I learned how to advertise and market for like bigger companies, but mm -hmm. the social media side, I kind of learned that all just personal experience and learning from others and watching YouTube videos and stuff like that. Those were all just visual learning. 
that's where I'm curious to dive into because it feels like this is a whole new area that's not yet, it's still not understood what it is. I mean, do you think that's true? Is it very like simple and straightforward that this is what my job is and this is what I do or you're figuring that out? My job as an influencer, there's a lot of ins and outs and you have to know what time to post and when to post and what to post. And there's a lot of factors that lead to what I do. I don't just post and go. A lot of planning too and knowing your audience and knowing what they like to see and what attracts them and what doesn't. So that's what I mean by ins and outs of Instagram and just promoting yourself and promoting like the brands that you work with and how to get that out there and how to share out your discount code and all that. How do you quantify how important that is? If you're um, on Instagram, there's a feature that you can turn on. It's called the business profile. I don't know if you've ever like seen that on your Instagram. Uh, It gives you an option to put like your email and your bio, whatever. But they also give you analytics uh, where most of your followers are active at what time of the day, where Mm. most of your followers coming from, like the age groups. You can see the times kind of of when your followers are the most active. For me, it's usually around... 12 to 2 p.m. So that's like my prime time of when I want to post a photo of when most of my followers are online. I have followers from all around the world. So that's when most of the followers are awake. You don't obviously have to go by that, but Instagram gives you that option so you can use your account as a business way to promote yourself and to get your content out to a wider range of people. How young were you when you first got, not on the professional side that this is what you're doing for a living, but mm-hmm. just getting into film? around like 10 years old when I I used to film with my siblings we used to recreate like SNL skits and <laughs> pretend to be like a, on a newscast kind of thing <laughs> um I used to write write the script and direct it and edit it at, at that time we had the VC, um you know the camcord so we couldn't actually upload it onto an editing pro as I started learning those programs as I grew older I started practicing with that and that kind of just inspired me to be creative with my life and kind of sparked that interest of creating content and then the business side of things how young were you when you're like trying to hustle and make money or be part of the business both my parents are both uh, business owners they have their own business so i started working with them when i was 15 and i kind of learned the ins and outs of business through my parents they taught me everything and that's when i started advertising on instagram for my mother's store and learned from that and that's how I use it towards my own business now. I'm really a visual learner, so Mm. everything I learned, mainly more than in school, (laughs) sad to say, I feel like I learned like with actual work experiences on how to like promote my brand now. So that intuition and just your learning style, let's, let's back up and say someone comes in and they look at your account and their reaction is if I look the way she looked, I could have the success she has. You, do you feel that would be a true answer or what do you think you have that it's like in terms of skill set and all those things that you kind of got from your background? How do you think that ties into your success? I feel like it made me like a harder worker and I feel like it just my Instagram like really outshines like my personality and me and my creativity. And that's how it like led to my own personal success because I grew like organically. I didn't use, you know, a lot of people use outside sources to grow their Instagram and managers and agents and everything was just me and like my own trial Mm. and error that I learned to get this far. And so from a business standpoint, that probably means you have an audience that is more connected with you because you didn't use any of these hacks or ways to 
Right, so you got probably higher engagement levels, and then you probably has a you have probably a more cohesive message around like trying. If you ever sell a product, it makes sense and it doesn't feel artificial or fake. Exactly, it's all about trust, and my followers really just trust me and my opinion, and they know I would never you know falsely advertise a product because that's just something that's not me. I mean, obviously, I'm getting new followers every day, so mm-hmm. not everyone is gonna know that, but I try to present myself in that way all the time. Everything is real, raw. What you see is what you get from my account. And I'm asking you these questions because, like you said, there is no classes in college for how to handle this. So how do you handle, (laughs) you've got 200,000 people looking at you and you're relating to them, but what does that relationship look like? And how do you even go about managing that level of scrutiny and success? honestly just interacting with them and they help me through my hard times and when there's so many eyes looking at you you get I feel a lot of pressure you know Mm. most of the time on Instagram I feel really really pressured because I have eyes watching me at all times but I feel like my followers and they're all just like super supportive and understanding and just genuine towards me where it makes me, I just feel so comfortable to be me on my Instagram at all times. You know, I'm never like scared to show out my feelings or mm. me without makeup or like <laughs> me on my bad days or even me when I'm crying because the relationship I have with these girls and these guys, it's just so powerful and it, it's, it's awesome. Kind of have this community that they're kind of almost along with you for the journey of here's her signing with a brand or working with these companies and they, mm-hmm. know, they know they're a part of it because they're part of why the brands are interested in working with you because you have this community you built up. How do you handle when maybe a post goes viral, like you said, and it brings in people who don't know what you're about or don't have that connection with you and they're hating on you? How do you handle that? As a human being, we don't like to hear bad things about us, negative things about us. So it's really hard to deal with hate, especially when it's you can only do so much to defend yourself and when 100 people are saying something about you that's not true mm. it's it, it's hard to even like hey that's not true it doesn't even matter at that point because these opinions are so irrelevant you just kind of have to grow a tough skin and just realize that these opinions don't really define you as a person and it kind mm. of was difficult for me to accept this because i wasn't content with myself i wasn't confident with myself but Mm. once I started getting more confident with myself I completely ignored these hate comments I used to get. I don't understand that a little more. If you're not confident with yourself that would lead you to place more validity in them? When I first started getting this Instagram hate and fame Mm -hmm. I really was not content with myself and when people pointed out my insecurities and flaws I would believe them and when they give me hate comments and say something about my parents that would get to me because mm-hmm. I wasn't confident with myself to begin with. So this is just added hate. Mm. It kills my self-esteem, really. It's hard enough to hear that at school from uh, you know one person you may not like or they don't like you, but you are hearing this from a lot of people, whereas that, that mm-hmm. just amplifies it and makes it that much more of an issue you have to learn to deal with. It's not all hate. I don't want to say like my Instagram is all hate. It's definitely always love over hate. When my photo's being shared, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to expect hate. It's just like all these unwanted opinions and all these irrelevant opinions that you kind of just have to filter it out of your head because it really doesn't matter at the end of the day. These people don't know who you are. You know mm. who you are. 
So you grow tough skin and suck it up and take in all the love that you can get and just mm. block out the hate. A lot of girls, you know, especially younger girls or at any age really, like that's probably something they want to know, like how do you handle that? I mean, I'm sure the success is also something to handle. How do you handle that many people saying you're amazing? I think people would enjoy having that challenge. What would you say to a girl who's, I've got this friend who's picking on me or saying these things about me? For me personally, like how I ignore a hater, they hate on you to get a reaction out of you. I feel like they say certain things so you can get mad. I feel like if you don't show any attention to any negative negativity that you get, then they're ultimately not going to win or feel satisfied because their whole goal is to make you mad or to get mm. to you. So if you don't show them any attention or just show them that you care, that's how I ignore hate. And that's how I deal with it. With as many followers as you have, have you kind of experienced like different variations of that where it's things outside of your control that you have to deal with? Like, for example, my photos get shared on some pages that I don't really like and it's not in my control because the companies that I take photos for, like, send it to those pages mm -hmm. for a paid post. And that brings in a lot of, mm. once again, negative hate that I don't really want. Other things I can't control, like people using my photos, whatever I post, people can steal or take. They could use me as a model and advertise their own clothing with the same exact clothing or... So there's a lot of things that I can't control that just part of posting online. I think a lot of people think about how awesome it w would be to reach this level of fame or success. I don't think they often hear about, well, maybe someone takes all your pictures and makes a fake account and can, can you get that closed down or not? I have a ton of catfish accounts of me. Like I have one currently of me on Twitter and I was mentioning to you before that this person has 80,000 followers and Twitter won't remove this account that's completely impersonating me and that's something I have to deal with because it's not coming down and those are like the downsides of being so public with my life that it's all over the internet you know if I posted a photo a few months ago I can't really delete it forever because it's already on the internet so that's like another thing that I have no control over for you it's your life so you, you know what it's like but I'm just thinking of those listening like imagine how awesome it would be to have 80,000 followers but now imagine those 80,000 followers are following you, but it's not your account. And this person can say whatever they want to say or suggest whatever they want to suggest and try to make money this way or that way. It's very frustrating to deal with because people really think that that is me or I'm the fake account or on Twitter. I don't have that many followers. I have like 3000 followers on Twitter. So to, to anyone, that other account with 80,000 looks is like the legit, the legit one. <laughs> I'm the impersonator. So I always get comments like, did you know that, like, yes, this, this account has been up for two years now. I, I'm aware of it, and I honestly can't do anything about it. It's just an uncomfortable feeling, I guess, knowing that someone is using my photos to talk to people, to make money, to post, like, inappropriate things and tweet inappropriate things, too. So it's, like, a, it's, it's really uncomfortable. And when you say you can't do anything about it, that's not just because you're sitting there and you haven't done anything. Like you've repeatedly reached out to Twitter. You've even gone so far as like to ask the police what they can do. Is that correct? I've even had my followers report this account. This account has been reported a ton of times. If Twitter sees it as, as a parody account or a fan account. So that's one of the reasons why they won't remove mm -hmm. it. And then I mentioned to you that I made a freaking filed a police report. <laughs> and the police said, delete your social media if it's not a direct threat. And it technically it's not copyright because 
once your photo is out there. I don't know what the laws are with copyright, but apparently copyright. And the laws probably haven't caught up to this new world we're living in because as the, the cops response shows is they think it's appropriate for you to quit what is your source of income and how you make your living as if that is a like in what world would they tell a business to close down in order to not have someone sell fake versions of their purse? Exactly. It's just a problem that they probably just don't want to deal with sadly and it's what are we going to do? A Twitter stalker? It's this whole new realm just like there's no business classes teaching you how to succeed there's also no protection around if your account gets hacked that theoretically mm -hmm. could this is my livelihood all these areas are things that are like not that have not been explored they people aren't talking about them or probably aren't even aware of them so it's very interesting to hear like you said you're living this life and you're kind of figuring this all out so that's, that's very interesting to get your perspective yeah, I'm literally learning as I go. I'm, I feel like I learn something new every day on Instagram, like whether it's from another account or within my own. It's just like always, I'm always learning how to just be better and do this better. Just because I'm interested in like the, the parts of things that people don't talk about. So that's kind of what we've delved into. But now I am interested in what probably is more common, which are what are some of the fun experiences where it's like working working with brands and just like traveling opportunities? What are kind of the things where it's like, I can't believe I'm getting paid to do this? had my own lash brand, which was really cool. I created my own eyelashes. I had like a small quantity, but I got to create my own brand, which was so amazing to see my name on like an actual product. So I did that. I collabed with a clothing brand. We collabed and made like hoodies that my whole account is based on girls compete women mm -hmm. empower it's like my motto so we made a whole line that just supports women of all diversity race whatever from all around the world and we made like just a hoodie that mm. represents that and then just working with other companies getting gifts and care packages i've run into some followers in public which has been like an amazing experience meeting influencers and it's it's been fun i'm very very blessed with this job yeah, when you talk like you ran into followers, is that just around where you're at or have you gone overseas and seen people? I live here in Glendale, so at the Glendale, it's like a shopping center. I've run into a few followers and then I actually just went to London a few weeks ago and I met up with like 20 of my followers, which was, we like spent the whole day together too. They showed me around. It was fun. Like I got to hang out with them like they were my friends. It was, it wasn't like a typical meet and greet or whatever. It was like a hangout. It was, it was fun. You talked about like diversity and empowering women. So with the diversity, what kind of speaks to you there? I'm a Middle Eastern. I'm, I'm Palestinian and Jordanian. And there are not a lot of women who are Palestinian and Jordanian from my culture who are in social media and who have an influence over lives. So I feel like just me being an Arab individual trying to empower more women is an awesome start. And I'm all about diversity. I'm all about including women from all other you know races empowering all different women and that adds a whole new wrinkle to you know we we've been talking about like the layers of how people might be hating on you or disliking you where it's you grew up in america correct correct yeah but that you still have extended family abroad and you know just you identify you know you're you're up front like i'm palestinian jordanian like this <laughs> is who i am this is part of my culture this is part of who i am and in that area of the world, I know like the social media stars, some of them have gotten even, you know, so far as they would get, you know, killed. There was actually, I don't know if you heard, there was a big influencer, she had like 3 million followers, who was actually killed. I forgot where, but 
for doing what she does, for being an influencer. It's multiple. It's not just one. I think there's been a there's been like a several of those yeah. where it's like they're starting to live in fear, uh -huh. or just so for you. I mean that you're not experiencing that level of hate, thank goodness. But that is part of. Are you getting some of that from people over there looking at you saying how dare you type of a thing? I am just because if anyone knows obviously the history about Palestine, but it's a really sacred land. You and they just have, I mean, my mo my mother was grew up there, so she understands why these people, people from my culture think this way, people who were grew up there because they they grew up differently than how mm -hmm. people in America grow up, you know? And showing yourself on Instagram and with boys and skin and stuff is just not okay in my culture. It hasn't been. It's, you know, it's kind of like a strict culture and pretty reserved culture where some of the things I do might not be okay for other Arabs. So I kind of just got backlash with that. People saying like, I'm not fit to be represent mm. my country and hate like that. Ridiculous hate. I just know, I don't really take that personally though, because I know how Arabs are and they just have a different mentality than I do. So that's just something else I have to deal with. It's not a lot of hate. I'll get it sometimes. Thank you. Thank God. <laughs> yeah, thank, that's so infrequent. That's nice. How has that informed your opinion where you, your feet kind of in these different worlds where it's like you understand their perspective around what it means to be a woman or how to handle relationships <laughs> or how to present yourself. And then you're also, you know, immersed in American culture. How do you think about what an empowered woman is? I think an empowered woman is just someone who is literally just confident with herself and just not afraid to show herself. Someone who's loves herself and loves others around her and someone who can inspire other women to be the a better them that's how i see that's how i see as an empowered woman to be and for me just being a middle eastern girl growing up in america it was hard because my parents were kind of inflicting this arab culture on me while i was being raised in a in a in american culture so it was like hard because I couldn't do things that mm. other girls could do but at the end of the day as long as you know, my parents are okay with what they do with which is what they are they're completely okay with everything I do that's all that matters to me as long as I'm respecting myself which I am and I'm respecting my family the opinions of others doesn't really matter to me at all that's awesome that you're you know your mom as you said she's usually supportive of you is she part of the business at all or so my mom is technically my momager, literally Chris Jenner in my phone. Like I, I consider her my Chris Jenner because she's just so involved in a good way. I'm not like she's too over my, too much or anything, but she makes herself pretty involved in my life. I allow it to her to be involved in my life because one, her opinion matters the most to me and she has awesome feedback. She's pretty like she was born in Jerusalem and even just growing up there and just raising a family in America. She's pretty good on like social media and you know, knowing her ways around it. So she helps me a lot. She's my photographer. She's my stylist. She's also in charge of me and my sister's fitness business when it comes to like ordering products or dealing with stuff like that. She has a lot of connections in that because she owned mm -hmm. a business before. So she has a lot of connections with stuff like that. So when we started a business, we needed her business license and experience with help. So she's super involved. My father is not as involved, but he knows what I'm doing and he's always shooting us ideas too. My parents are really supportive and I think that's what makes it really fun for me too. Because if they weren't supportive, I feel like I would be so iffy with what I do and not super confident with what I do. Pleasing them just makes me happy. Gaining that respect back and just that they're supportive of this, this career that I'm doing that's really rare and 
mm-hmm. hit or miss. It's a, a lot of trust in me. So I respect that they give me that trust. It seems like you have like a very unique and cool family where it's like Middle Eastern moved over here, but she runs her own businesses. She's supportive of you in this. And then you're Arab, but is your religion yeah. Muslim? Yeah, um, so my, I'm Catholic. We're Catholic Palestinians, which is pretty rare. Most Arabs are um, Muslim and, you know, practice Islam. So I always get that assum- <clears throat> sorry assumption on Instagram of people assuming that I'm one religion, which is honestly, personally, I feel that's kind of, I don't know. I feel like that's kind of ridiculous to even ask about some. I, I know a lot of people are curious about religions, but I don't know. When I meet someone, I usually don't compare religions and base my friends off of religion and I feel like on my I always Mm -hmm. get asked what my religion is all the time which is it kind of like sets me off what sets you off about that I I just feel like because people just make assumptions because I'm Arab I have to be this one Mm. religion and oh if she is maybe she's not doing what she should Uh, be or mm. you know yeah, well, I, th- I think that's cool that you have like all these unique things about you that defy expectations. Like that to me, it's cool. Where it's like you think you know the story, and it's like no, you don't. <laughs> like yeah, exactly. Like you think you know, but you don't exactly. Yeah, but that's what's so fun because you know when you defy people's expectations and it's not what they think, it kind of forces them to reevaluate what they thought they knew because all of a sudden, the the script in their head is faulty and it doesn't line up with reality. That's really true. Like I said, I always get asked my religion. And I always have to lecture about, hey, Palestinians, I mean, even if it's like 3%, like we are also Catholic. (laughs) Like there's not one race that has to be one religion because religion is, you can be any religion you want and it shouldn't define you. It's a personal decision. shouldn't be forced on you by the culture you grew up in. Exactly. And I'm not finding an offense when people ask me. I just like, I don't understand why it's important to know my religion like if it's that important to know my religion i just feel like religion is Mm. really personal and it's on a person to their own god relationship that if you're not public about it then maybe they don't want to share it i don't know that's just my personal that's just my opinion so i'm just more interested like it seems like that would give you a unique perspective from which to view the world because there are so many like, right, if you just fit the mold, then it's like, okay, then you fit the mold. And this is the yada yada, yeah. but it's like, you don't. So it's like, I'm kind of curious, like, that's kind of put you in a unique position, like both in the sense that here you have all these followers, here you defy expectations around race and religion. What do you think you've kind of gained from, in my opinion, like this unique life you're living, where it's like, what do you kind of think you've experienced or like you're saying, why does everyone assume I am a certain way or this is what defines me when it's not? What are kind of some of those things that you kind of think that you've experienced that other people might not be aware of? Just dealing with stereotypes and like, I, I feel like I've never experienced any type of like discrimination or anything, but just dealing with what other people think about certain topics and how they, how they think about things and just like assumptions and people are just always making assumptions about everyone online like you see something on Instagram and you see someone's life and you just assume something when in reality it's not so it's just me like learning that and learning how people think and and then just like also representing myself and trying to showcase myself in a certain way where it's not always like assumptions assumptions when do you think a stereotype or an assumption becomes a bad thing it seems like you if you know nothing about anything was like here's your starting point do you think stereotypes are always bad or when does it when does it cross the line from this was like naive or your starting point when does it become a bad thing 
I feel like it's not. I mean, unless it's where the stereotype becomes like extremely disrespectful, where okay, that's a little bit disrespectful, and you have to be like, you have to be respectful of other people's religions. Like, I understand that a lot of people are not educated in a lot of cultures, and that's okay because, like, I want to educate people. When some people ask me about my religion or my culture, I never like take it as mm-hmm. hate or attack. Like, I'd rather mm. educate someone instead of oh my god why did you ask me that no like i'd rather educate someone and this is this and this is that because i know a lot of people just genuinely like innocently just don't know and they're curious to ask so i don't really take stereotypes and assumptions as a bad thing but there's a lot of maybe where it becomes a bad thing is if they don't actually listen to what you tell them that they just continue assuming they well i know who you are as if so it's when they take a, a group concept and they apply it to an individual and they don't allow, allow that individual to actually be themselves. Exactly. And at that point, that person is just super closed-minded and like it's not even worth your time arguing or trying to once again defend yourself and prove yourself at that point. Those are just people who are just negativity. It feels like it's, that's a very hard discussion to say, okay, I am ignorant in these areas. Teach me. Where is that occurring or where are those discussions happening? it's almost become much more intense to even bring up the topic because the default assumption is, are you saying something awful about me? It's like, no, I'm just ignorant and I need help understanding here. <laughs> and I feel like that's what, that's what it is a lot of the time, but people mm. see that as hate. Like, no, sometimes you just have to educate people and because they genuinely don't know or like some people are raised differently. They, the way they say things might mm. seem offensive, or, but it's not just you don't know <laughs> the tone of someone's, you know, how they're asking. I see. So you kind of rely on those, like the nonverbals. Yeah. I, and I feel like just killing everyone with kindness, like that's how I usually approach everything, mm-hmm. no matter what it is. You don't know where they're coming from or what they actually mean. Like you're reading a text <laughs> sure. on Instagram or whatever. It's, you don't know what people actually mean. So always approach it in a you know, positive way and reply with kindness, even if it's hate. Re- always reply with kindness back or just ignore it completely. That sounds like great advice, but it's like, so why, why aren't more people doing that? So yeah. is, it, it's, is it, it's not so much that what it actually takes to have a good conversation or to deal with a hater in either a loving way or just like, I'm going to ignore you because that's the best thing that can be done for you. Do you think it's a lack of knowledge where people don't know how to handle it or it's a lack of not feeling confident in themselves or why do you think it's so hard? We're all human and us as humans, like we don't like hearing bad things about ourselves, no matter who mm. we are. And when someone is constantly saying something about you that you know is not true and it gets to you, I feel like people just always want, they become obsessed with it and like always want to prove themselves. And that's Mm. where I was at one point, like a year ago when people were coming at me for like Photoshop and saying my body is plastic. And that was, it got to me because it's like, no, that's not true. Mm. Like, but now I just do whatever you want. I don't care. You either love me or you don't. I just give up. You can't prove yourself to so many people because people are going to think what they want at the end of the day. Interesting. And that and that's that's a really good point I hadn't thought about is there's no factual question about truth in your mind. It's not an issue of did I have, like, am I plastic or a Photoshop person? Right? Like, it's, yeah, you're not exactly. actually thinking there at, like, an intellectual level. Like, huh, am I a for- <laughs> Am I really plastic? Did I get made in a factory? That's not, there's there's not even any doubt in your mind about that. It's just, it's saying, how do I emotionally handle all these feelings being thrown at me constantly by so many people? 
Yeah. For example, there's something about your face or your body, whatever that you don't like and or it's an insecurity of you. And when you're constantly mm. hearing that from other people point out those insecurities, it really do- you lose confidence. And that's why I feel like so many girls in social media just suffer with that from that because they really believe what they read about the comments online about them. And that's mm. where I was at one point and luckily I'm not there anymore, but it was hard for me to like ignore it and really just believe in myself and I know who I am and that's all that should matter. Because I think everyone wants to put you and you have this perfect life and if I could have the things you have or mm-hmm. look the way you look or ex- have the experiences you've been able to work with brands and like I would never complain because yeah. I know I'd be so amazingly happy. That's what I think we all want to believe that and the reality is like uh-huh. you are dealing with stuff that not that many people deal with and there's not really a lot of discussion ever had about it i remember when i used to get hate and i used to complain or to my sister and my mom about it and they you know they'd all obviously always be Mm -hmm. supportive with me and help me through it but they'd always be like just ignore it and it's hard for me to explain but Mm. you can't ignore it it's hard it's hard when you're getting like a bunch of comments about you about something whatever and you just can't let it leave your mind or you look mm. on if you see a photo of you on the explore page and you look at the comments and people are saying bad things about you and you're so tempted to mm. fight back and you have to stop that urge like at one point i was obsessive and mm. would fight back with people but now i really just laugh and like yeah. <laughs> whatever <laughs> i don't care i don't care say whatever you want there was that one story about the the girl got on a I think it was a, a flight from America to the UK or somewhere across the ocean. So it's like, you know, eight hours long or whatever. And one of her tweets went viral and everyone agreed that this is a racist tweet. And everyone was like salivating. Like, I can't wait to see her face when she gets off the plane because she had gotten fired oh from God. her job. There's like this massive amount of hate. I think there's something about this relationship of like this positive community but then there's also like this negative side where people want to like get this mob mentality all grouped together and just they enjoy the power they have that they can destroy someone's life and in a, in a second there was actually something that on twitter there's this guy called kind of similar to this his name is brother nature he's literally just Aww. he just works <laughs> with animals whatever i guess someone found a tweet a racist tweet that he said when he was like 12 and he this guy's 20 now and they wow. brought it up and try to use it to expose him and i'm like people just don't like to see people succeed i feel like that's what it is it's jealousy and they they don't like seeing people happy and like succeeding and that's just so sad and that's why they do that stuff like that where they expose people so they can bring them down (laughs) and do you think it's true to say that in like in today's society the negative emotions like guilt shame those are things we don't really know how to deal with. So if we feel bad, maybe the best way we know how to deal with it is to lash out and make someone else feel worse. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's most, of, and that's most of the time when people do hate, maybe not someone hating on them, but hate within themselves. And, you know, they don't know how to express that anger. So they'll take it down on someone else. And that's just something that we don't know how to deal with because we don't talk about it. And in a society that very much is pro-feelings, right? Like we're supposed to embrace our feelings and yeah. how you feel. Don't uh-huh. let anyone ever ever tell you otherwise. Why are we so like woefully unprepared for certain types of feelings? There's almost no, even discussing it, it's like 
please don't go there because it's going to make everyone uncomfortable. What you were talking about, how we never talk about shame and guilt, and it's true. Like, I can't even explain why, you know, the feelings of guilt and shame because I don't, we don't talk about that with other people. It's always, we talk mm. about sadness and happiness, but talk about like being guilty or shameful. It's something that you have to like overcome within yourself, I feel like. In any other area regarding feelings, it's very clear that we need to be vocal about it. We need to share it. We need to support each other. Yeah. But when it comes to guilt and shame, I think the only response we know how to give each other is you shouldn't feel that way. Don't ever allow anyone to make you feel that way. And it's like, but what if I feel that way on my own? And it's like, ooh, don't go there because I don't know what to do. Sometimes on Instagram, like I'll feel guilty for doing something or whatever and you know, someone will say, like, don't feel guilty for sharing your opinion or saying the truth. But then I do feel guilty. Then, you know, then what? 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 How do I feel after that? And you're isolated and alone with it because they've just told you don't feel this way. And it's like, but I. I do. <laughs> hey, now what? <laughs> like, do you think that's kind of similar to the stereotype conversation where we're so fearful of venturing into something we know nothing about with our naive stereotypes that it prevents us from actually learning? And I feel like we're just, it's like a topic that's too big for us, or we, we just don't even know who to re reach out to to talk about because it's just something that's so unfamiliar to us. It's just something that I feel like most of us mm. deal with personally. Like when you're feeling shameful or guilty, I feel like that's something that you don't really share, or it's something that you overcome within yourself. And that's probably why most of us don't even talk about it. As someone who has a lot of followers, are you getting questions around how to deal with negative feelings? Yes, I, I'm pretty expressive with my feelings, meaning last year I went through a really bad depression and I was mm. pretty vocal about that. My followers who were following me then knew about that and the reasons why. So I feel like most of my followers look up to me as an example or an older sister where they, they're comfortable enough to tell me when they're depressed or sad. They reach out to me whenever they need advice, which is so heartwarming and I feel honored that someone can have that trust in me to even tell me that information. But at the same time, Stuff like depression and stuff is so hard mm -hmm. to overcome personally that it's harder to help someone else overcome it because those feelings you can't mm. even explain yourself. I think it's interesting that, you know, social media, some people's perspective is all you do is take pictures of your favorite food and nothing important ever happens on there. It's, it's just this place yeah. of pictures. But it's like there are these moments where you do have really real moments that are impactful on people's lives but yet at the same time it's like this is social media so it's like how do you kind of navigate that world of it's so there's so many different layers of this like it's a, it's a business for you but it's also personal for you and it's your life but it's also you're working with brands I feel like no one really can see my true Instagram because that's something that like is within my DMs and the personal messages I share on Instagram, I talk to so many people like daily. You know, some of these girls I'm so close to that I actually talk to them like they're my friends. So I feel like all the really intimate and touching moments are all one on one, mm. me with a follower or one of my YouTube videos or something like that. That's like where all the intimate stuff is. And that's where the emotional side of my Instagram is usually when it's like one on one interaction. Like you're saying, there's no visibility in it, so it's very easy to typecast it as it's just a place for pictures about your food and a dog. Especially, I think, for mm -hmm. the younger generation, this may be their primary mode of reaching out and trying to learn how to experience life. Like, you see everyone on their phone all the time. Yeah. And they're trying to have you help them through 
what does it mean to you know be an empowered woman or how do I handle depression or a breakup it's like that's a lot of real life is occurring on social media and I also feel like in real life a lot of girls and I mean obviously guys too but just from my own experience and my followers I feel like a lot of people are really not comfortable asking for Mm. help in real life like whether their guardian or their parent or they're just too embarrassed to bring up a problem and they find some kind of just like comfort when they come to me and other influencers too and I feel like that's why these girls follow us and keep up with us because like I said it's like an older sister bond I share with these girls where you know they can come to me for any type of help or whatever they're feeling or just to say hi it's just like really comfortable and really supportive and they know that when they come to me or it's like positive it's just always positive and I just try never to like think about negative things or put negativity on my account and nothing like that yeah and how how much of real life do you think can be captured on social media obviously a great deal can but do you think the physical world and the real world how important is that I mean I feel like the behind the scenes and the process it takes to get ready and post a photo is not really visible on Instagram. So when you go on Instagram and you see a photo, you think, wow, that girl Mm. got it on the first shot. When in reality, she probably took a hundred photos. There was one good one. So I feel like we, Instagram is a way for us to showcase the Mm. highs in our life. And a lot of us don't show the reality. Sometimes Mm. I break out or sometimes I cry trying to show that I'm no different than you. And that's what I try Mm. to show on my Instagram and try to put as much as I can of me out there without it being completely invasive and everyone knows everything about me because like there's some things I don't really share. There's so many intertwining things of there's just so much going on of it's it's not completely true to real life meaning it's not exactly who you are and it's not a full representation and it's the best of you at some times, but yet that doesn't explain the whole story because it's also you're having very real connections and talking one-on-one with people about real issues in life. So it's not just taking pictures of food. (laughs) It's all these things intertwined and it's very hard to actually know. You can't just use one lens and say, this is what it is. It's, I mean, obviously, unless that person is extremely open, but I feel like most people aren't. And, you know, there's always another side of them that we don't know unless you know them personally. Instagram is your main account. You're also doing YouTube. You're working with brands. Do you have any goals for yep. like happy where you're at? Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm very happy with where my life is right now. I feel like within this past year, I grew so much and I learned so much like within myself and, you know, just this whole Instagram thing. But I mean, I'm always trying to expand myself and learn more and I'm always, always working. I just love being busy. So I try to keep myself busy and my schedule busy. And my mom is always <laughs> shooting out ideas at me, mm-hmm. which is awesome because she's super motivating. And I'm like, oh, wait, that's a good idea. So she really keeps me like on my toes and wanting to ex- experience new things and ask, 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 ask. She always like, don't, it's, it doesn't hurt to ask, which is so true because. That's how Mm. I get brand deals, do all this stuff. One of my future goals is just expanding my fitness business, hopefully be able to create more products and just help more people with their fitness journey. And then also collab with maybe a clothing company and get my own clothing line or, you know, I'm just trying to take it day by day and just see what I can do. (laughs) And that's really cool. It's you doing this and it's you and your community where people get to feel like 
they're a part of this experience and this journey with you. And that's part of you sharing your life. It's like, yeah. is that kind of the unique experience of people who follow you? That's something that they get. They're along for a journey that they get to be a part of in a way they can't with traditional people who are famous. I mean, I love, res- I really try to respond back to as many people as I can. Obviously, it's nearly impossible to do every single DM and comment and whatever, but I feel like I'm really, really interactive with my followers. Whenever I get a comment, mm-hmm. I comment back. And I I know some usernames, like, I've become friends with It's a friendship. Like, I really see these people as friends and family to me. So, like, I'm always interactive with them. I'm always trying to learn more about them and what they like and what they don't and what they're interested in and what they like, what I post. So, I always try to incorporate them in my lives and try to make my Instagram not only about me, but also about my following. And because they got me here and to begin with, to be honest. And from a business perspective, isn't that what Taylor Swift is managing to pull off on a large scale? Well, she she obviously can't have one-on-one, but she will stock, quote-unquote, stock Tumblr, invite them to a special listening session, and it gives the appearance as if she's somehow able to communicate with, you know, all however many millions of followers she has. So amazing, because she's probably, she's a businesswoman. She's an amazing businesswoman, and she's probably busy as is and just the fact that she can take her time out of her busy schedule a fan is just amazing so like that is the type of relationship that I try to be at agents with models and there's the fashion industry and that's been established and that's got magazine covers and it has a rich history and it has a very set way and it has a very set mold for here's how women can look and you have to be this tall this shape and this size it's been very established. It's, you are kind of part of this upstart thing called Instagram and influencers who are doing things a different way. How do you how do you feel about all that where it's like you're writing new rules and some people are wanting to know, well, how do I succeed? How do I gain followers or how do I? And then at the other time, it's like, but you're also taking away from established business models. Do you have any thoughts about this almost clash? Because I feel like on Instagram nowadays, it's not like anyone can get big, but I feel like it's just easier for girls to have a chance to like get up there where, you know, if you're a real life model, it's a little bit more difficult to get there and be in the eyes and it's more competitive. So I feel like there's definitely a clash there. But with Instagram, it's more, I just feel like it's, it's just like a personal level and it's more like an interactive base versus you know actually being a model in the real life and stuff like that well influencing is like a hard term to even describe because like what are you influencing like if you're an influencer you have to influence your followers to do something what is that that (laughs) right like you would try to influence on your followers and whatever and you know that's why i have that motto and i have it in my bio girls compete won't empower it's just just trying to help girls like i just Every time I go on Instagram and I see girl on girl hate, mm. it kills me. And I just want an environment where it's minimal. And my Instagram before used to be hate comments all the time. And now I've actually got to a point where I rarely get hate comments. And just that growth and just me like preaching about empowerment and positivity, I feel like has helped a lot. So it's just that interactive base on Instagram, which is different than being a real, like an actual model in real life, nine to five, whatever being signed to an agency job. And that's the million dollar question. Everyone wants to know, how do I make something go viral? How do I grow followers? <laughs> what, 
What uh -huh. is your, I mean, beside, there's obviously a chance element, so you could do everything right and it's still not going to happen for you, but what do you kind of think are the things that if you're not doing these things, well, then you have no chance? So everyone always asks me how to grow an account. I definitely think, number one, being interactive with your followers. Two, having like a theme for your page or like for me personally, it's all about I kind of base my account off of fashion and lifestyle, I guess. And then I have a fitness account. So something, an account that focuses on one thing or at least a certain type of thing that will attract people to you, you know, whether it's a fitness account or a food account or um, inspirational account or a clothing account, whatever it is, posting multiple times a week, not just at once a week. Like I think posting almost mm. every day is important. Asking, like, don't be afraid to ask because I got my fashion of a job by literally asking them, emailing them for a job. So not always waiting for opportunities and feeling like you don't feel lucky because you're mm. not getting opportunities when sometimes you have to reach out, ask for help, make connections with other influencers. Uh, I mean, that's if you just want to grow your account, stuff like that. But being interactive, and I always tell people this, is probably the mm. most important because your followers love to feel special and they like when I give them attention and I notice it. So that's why I try to be as interactive as I can. And I think that's really what grows my account. But how does that scale? Like, I mean, it's one with 20,000 possibly, and then 200,000, uh -huh. you're still managing it, but is that taking up more and more in your time? And what happens if you get to 2 million? It's nearly impossible for me to answer every DM. I'm kind of like at that point where it's taking up wow. most of my day <laughs> and it's too much. Like it's mm -hmm. physically too much. It, burn you can only look at your phone for so much where you before your eyes start hurting so i have to definitely wow. take breaks but like for example post a photo i try to get back to every single comment and i usually do i also like spam people's instagram accounts my followers instagram accounts um i do a lot a lot of giveaways giveaways with my own money where i personally buy gifts for my followers so i always like love to give back to these people because they really helped me and like they really really supported me through this whole thing and I'm like a nobody to them. And it like means a lot that these people are here to support me in like everything I do. So let's just, let's say I'm either a model or a sports star, or I'm someone who has some level of fame in another area of life. And I'm wanting to grow mm -hmm. my social media account. And I'm hearing I've got to interact. It's like, I'm busy training or I'm busy working a job. I don't, what let's say I hired someone to do that job for me do you think that could work or do you think it would just be too inauthentic and it just won't even work I feel like some people probably have people like that but that could work but then again you won't feel any connection with your followers if someone else mm. is doing that work for you like for me personally like knowing these people's I've kind of even memorized some people's Instagram <laughs> apps because they comment some whatever like I know these people, I, they're followers from day one. So like I have, I'm comfortable with them and that's why I'm so comfortable like sharing the raw me on my Instagram because of this relationship. That is how you kind of know how to gauge things is you have this core following where you see this person comment and say, ooh, that's not you. You would actually pay attention to that comment because they, they know you from the beginning. I love getting their feedback, for example, or if I come out with a new something with my fitness thing, like I love to hear what they have to say because as much as my opinion means a lot to them, their That's opinions cool. mean a lot yeah. to me too. So learning my market and learning my following and kind of just basing off and growing my account off of them too. It's like a give and take. 
it's almost like you know how like mom and pop shops and they got put out of business by walmart because everyone just wanted to buy the same product at a cheaper price but it's like here because this is such a personal thing it's like yeah you may be a famous but you're never going to talk to me so i may follow you but the engagement level is going to be way lower than like a someone who has less followers like not in the millions but you know two hundred thousand is no small amount but it's like you still have probably a higher, you have a much higher engagement rate than any of the large followers ever could hope for. Correct. Yeah. But I mean, that can, that's only going to go for so long. Like, I feel like they can only do so much where, you know, like I said, it's physically impossible for someone to respond to 500 DMs like in a day or whatever. It's like too much. That's when you start hiring people. But, you know, I don't, I don't know if that's something I would ever want to do, if that's even going to get that crazy. But, like for right now, it's just me and me, <laughs> myself and I doing everything. And I mean, it's going pretty well so far. I just have to really plan everything out and make sure I limit myself on my phone because it gets like, a little bit too much. Is there anyone doing aggregation of these accounts where it's like, okay, so maybe, maybe the highest engagement levels are accounts between 50,000 and 500,000 followers. Is there anyone kind of like saying, I am going to represent you 20 people, or I'm going to be an agent for you 50 different influencers, and here's what I can offer you if we all get together. Do you kind of know if anyone's doing anything in that sphere? Like on YouTube, they have stuff like that. I've actually been like, I always get emails about engagement groups. I mean, actually, actually, there's something called an engagement group. Have you ever no. heard of What's an engagement that? group? It's something on Instagram. I mean, it's not really kind of it's kind of similar to what you're talking about but not really but it's a way for you to gain more I guess attention on your posts and get your posts on the explore page more and it's pretty much like a group of girls say 10 girls who all have similar followers and you're all in one group together that Mm -hmm. you gather yourself in and whenever you post a photo you kind of just share it with each other and you all love it and comment on it so that's like the only type of group that I know Talking about a lot of stuff has been very interesting. Is there anything you kind of felt like, oh, we didn't touch about this, and this is something that's important to me, or I just think it's cool, or people probably aren't aware of? I think that's it. I feel like we discussed the most important things I love talking about. Like, I love talking about just the behind the scenes of Instagram and, you know, what really goes down and just like the negativity behind it and the cons about Instagram. Because I feel like just when people go on Instagram and they see my life, they think it's perfect. They think it's perfect, and I hate when people oh my god your life is so perfect you're you're so perfect when in reality I'm really not and you know I always like to talk about that to relate to people because like I'm no different than you so I always love just talking about hey well I appreciate you sharing it's yeah it's fascinating to hear thank you so much for having me I really had so much fun talking with you you explored my mind and we got to break down some things that I usually never talk about so it was awesome to be able to share it with you was ever one put out the fire before igniting next time you're fighting